0: We are back. Welcome to Crime Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bounds, along with Camille Flores. Now, like I said, we don't have a new pursuit. But we are here for our bonus episode, SVE, Special Victims Episode. And once again, Camille has an awesome guest. And Camille, give us a real little, you know, a little snippet of what we got going on here.
1: Okay, hey everybody. So I have our special guest Cynthia here, and when I came across this case, I was blown away. I virtually met Cynthia and talked to her and I literally felt like I was talking to somebody in my family. She's super sweet. We talked for at least 2 hours on the phone. We t- we clicked immediately. And she kind of gave me just a little rundown of her story a little bit of, you know, her abuse that she went through. And just when she kind of told me a little bit about it, I was a little bit in shock of just what she told me. Um, You know, it was she's Hispanic just like I am. And this has kind of been a little bit of a trend lately of what um, our guests have been and just kind of um, her family kind of brushing it under the rug a little bit and when she told me that you know her family kind of just at first um, her family didn't know anything about it and then it was kind of nothing done about it I was very just I related to it and then I was kind of just very shocked about it so I said Ed We need to, you know, have her on the show. So, you know, let me have Cynthia just kind of tell you in depth of her story, let her take over. But thank you, Cynthia, for being on our show tonight, and I'll let you take over.
0: Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, we done had several of our past guests that are Hispanic women, and it's the same story. Cynthia, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone.
0: Okay. So, Cynthia, you you heard what Camille was saying, and, you know, she deals with these stories all the time. Let's hear about Mm -hmm. what happened with your situation.
2: Okay. Where do I start? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It all started, I want to say, when I was about four or five years old. Um, a family member on my mother's side of the family uh, started abusing me sexually. And I remember the first memory, the first memory I have is one day after a beach trip, I had sand in my bathing suit in my, in my private areas, and it was bothering me and I wanted to, to wash it off. And he took it upon himself to clean me with his hands. So that didn't feel right. That was like my first memory of the abuse, and it went on for years, right underneath everyone's nose, and nobody seemed to notice. The only people that did notice um, were my little cousins, and it was something we talked about openly amongst our cousins, but we never told the adults about it. I then one time saw him um, molesting the neighbor, our neighbor, and um, she was really upset about it, and I remember talking to her and asking her about it, like, hey, you know, I saw this. He does it to me too. And we just hugged, and we never spoke about it again. And as time went on, another family member saw him do it again. And this was probably the, this was the year 1999. And, um, it, that's when it came to light. She told her mother, her mother called my mother. My mother asked me about it. And I just kind of gave her just like the tip of the iceberg just because I saw the way she reacted and it just was so heartbreaking. And I knew that if somebody found out or if the adults found out it would change the family dynamic. And I felt like nobody would believe me. My mom did believe me. My parents did believe me. I'm really blessed with that, but the rest of the family didn't. I was interviewed by the district attorney, excuse me, the district attorney, And I gave her the name of four other victims. And so we had other victims on the case. They um, had to do a thorough investigation before arresting him. And during that investigation, someone warned him and told him that he was being investigated. So that's when my entire family found out, you know, that he's being investigated for molesting children. And, I got a lot of um, negative remarks from my family at this point, and in 1999 I was 10 years old. So you know, when you have your grandmother knocking on your door saying that you're a liar and that they're going to sue you, you get scared. That's intimidating. You don't understand what suing means (laughs) you don't think about like what grounds they're going to sue you on. So you're just scared. Like my whole family just hates me for speaking the truth. And it just felt like this really big, ugly thing. So I downplayed it. Even when I was interviewed by the district attorney, I said that he only touched me a few times. um, And I didn't tell all my stories. But that's so, so many stories because this guy sees every single opportunity possible to touch me. Like, I lost count of how many times he touched me and how many games he played. And um, But I only gave the district attorney, like, a brief, like, overview of what happened. Eventually, he was arrested, and um, all of the survivors, all the little girls, because he likes little girls, were um, in training for, for um, trial, trial. They were preparing for trial. <clears throat> During that time, my grandmother put up her house as collateral to bail out her son, who was the abuser she helped him flee the country what and he disappeared yes he disappeared so we didn't get to have trial. he just literally disappeared off the face of the planet Um, I was a kid so I was just like oh you know this is over we don't have to go to court anymore like yay me because that was really scary and, um, yeah, she put up her house as collateral and bailed him out. She lost her house, and she explicitly blamed me for it. I was, it was my fault that she had to sell her house. And um, she was mean to me for a while. I don't know why we would e- even go back to visit her, but we would sometimes, and she would blatantly ignore me when I would call out, Grandma, Grandma, look at this, or Whatever. And she would blatantly ignore me, and so it was just weird, and I felt bad that I had tore my family apart, yeah, so <clears throat> at this point, you know he he disappeared, <clears throat> the case went cold, and um I just went on living my life. I went into my teenage years, my young adult years, that's when I met my husband. And um, I got married and all of this, how do I say this, like this trauma from the abuse and the trauma of like the way my family reacted, it manifested in my um, adulthood. Like I developed toxic behavior, um, toxic coping mechanisms. And by the age of 25, I really felt like I hit rock bottom. I was drinking every day. I felt miserable. I had a, I guess to put it lightly, a really bad attitude. <laughs> and I felt depressed. And I went into therapy thinking, you know what, they're going to diagnose me with clinical depression. And, um, yeah, I went into therapy. I got diagnosed with ADHD and PTSD. Um, down the line of of um, going to to therapy, I was in therapy for like five years, and um, I suddenly thought about bringing up the the, tra- the opening up the case again, and. Um, I knew where he was because my family openly talked about him like throughout my adult years, or I'm sorry, my teenage years and early adult years, they talked about him like nothing ever happened. So, I mean, he went on to have a family. He moved to the East coast because he did come back to the U S he was smuggled in back into the U S my grandmother. I don't know at what point in time, but I know that she asked my parents, hey, my son is coming back. Please don't press charges. And my parents decided, you know what, that's fine if he comes back as long as he doesn't come back to California. So they decided for me that it would be okay for him to come back to the U.S. as long as it was in California and to live his life and not press any charges. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just you know it's just easier than having any type of confrontation, I feel in the Hispanic culture,
0: yeah, you know, um Cynthia, we have we had numerous women on here that said that same thing that you said in the Hispanic community, and I have a serious problem with that now I
2: do I do too, yeah, something needs too. to be
0: done and and we've been getting a lot of Hispanic women been reaching out. Uh, Camille, you know she just so many women that's come forward in all races. But when I when we get to doing the cases that's regarding uh, our Latina women, this is one of the major things that's always consistent is where they don't want to muddy up the waters in the family.
2: Right, it's very taboo in the Hispanic culture, and it's just easier for them. To brush it under the rug and just out of sight, out of mind, and just go back to normal. Let's just go back to normal. We're right, a happy family, right,
0: right? So, and they don't,
2: they don't even assess like the trauma that happens, and they don't, they don't realize that there are a lot of psychological effects to this. I mean, it affects the way you learn, it affects the way your your brain develops and everything.
0: Yeah. So, let me. I got a couple questions now. One. Okay. How old How old were you when this the abuse started happening?
2: I was about four or five years old.
0: Four or started. five years old. Yes. And, and I'm going to make a point with this here in a few, uh, Camille. Now, my second mm-hmm. question is, your grandmother, uh, how was that yes. your grandmother on your mom or your dad's side?
2: It was on my mother's side of the family.
0: Okay, so now it leads me to another question. What okay. did your mother say to her mother and what did she say to you about this abuse?
2: Okay. So when I brought it up again, and this is about around the age of 28, I brought it up again with my mother and I said, Hey, I'm thinking of opening up this case again. And she was like, why you already received your justice. He lives as a fugitive. Why are you going to uproot his children? Why are you going to uproot his life? And it was kind of like, wow, like, I can't believe my mom even thinks us this way too. And she still talks to my grandmother. And my grandmother was really upset when I brought the case up again. They were like, no, why are you doing this? Like, this is bad. You're going to uproot his family. You're ruining his life. And no one, I don't know, it was just bizarre to me that no one ever thought of myself a victim or any of the other victims, they were so adamant on protecting him, and I still don't understand. But yes, I'll, the relationship between my mother and my grandmother is still strong, despite what has happened.
0: You know, just hearing that your mother gave that kind of response, and and no mm-hmm. dis, and no disrespect to you, but that was pretty sickening because
2: no, yeah, I
0: I don't I don't understand that. Where is protecting? Her daughter, her child. Right,
2: exactly. That was my question too. You know, after I received therapy, I thought about that. As before, I didn't think anything of it, but now I see it. I'm like, hey, that's not healthy. <laughs> and um, how do I say this? You know, the relationship between my mother and I is okay now, and I honestly, I think my point of view of now is a little bit different. I see the trauma that has been, um, that exists in my family. And I see now why she has that kind of relationship with her mother. So, in a sense, I just kind of feel bad for my mom because I see that toxic relationship between her and her mom. But my mom can't pull away. There's just so much trauma that has to do with sexual abuse that exists within my mother's side of the family. Everyone has been affected by it. Almost everybody in this, in this family has been abused by somebody sexually. So everyone in this family has been traumatized by sexual abuse and they've never dealt with it. So I can see why they have these toxic traits, why they bond with their abusers and things like that. So that's why like, I see it as you know, if they don't get the therapy... Nothing's ever going to
0: change. Now, I agree with you there. Now, here's the Mm -hmm. thing right here that, um, because as I'm I'm speaking as a father, I'm I'm not speaking as a mother, obviously, but, you know, as a parent, you do everything you can to protect your daughter or your son. And when something like that happens, and maybe, I don't know, maybe this because I used to be a former criminal whatever, but... You know, I'm talking about hurting somebody if you Mm -hmm. violate my daughter or my granddaughters. I'm talking about seriously hurting somebody. And so let alone to say, well, I don't want to ruin nobody's life. I don't want to muddy up the waters. I don't want to be the problem child of the family. You know, not bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've been hearing these stories from different latino hispanic women case in and case out now remember i said earlier i was going to make a point and camille and i told camille i'll come back to this camille Mm -hmm. and correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think i'm wrong every hispanic woman we have had on our show when i have asked how old they were when they were sexually assaulted and I'm pretty sure all of them said they were between the ages four and five. Am I right or wrong? You're right. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> is this a Mexican man's thing to start touching on little girls? I mean, you, you shouldn't touch on them at all. But is this a right. thing to do this at the age, early age of four or five? I, that's stupid, pretty low. Right. I mean, he
2: was a Mexican. Mexican? I think I
0: heard you say Mexican. Yeah, oh excuse me. did I get that wrong? Yeah. No, he's not
2: Mexican. He's Salvadorian. Okay. He's still Hispanic.
0: Okay, he's yeah. still Hispanic. Okay, okay. My bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. But he, he, <laughs> no, he, don't worry. Okay, Hispanic, Latino, they are the same thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so Yeah,
1: it's all in the it's, it's all in the
0: culture in, in hispanic culture mm. okay there we go right, so we yeah. on to something okay <laughs> we on to something don't you find that troubling i mean from that from mexican to the dip just the dip the men that would stoop that right. low absolutely
2: absolutely i've never felt it on that dad's side of the family like they're mexican and i've never felt it on their side but um I've, my mom's side of the family, they're all Salvadorian and I felt it with various men of my mother's side of the family. They just give me those creepy vibes and it result it, it has resulted that various have been pedophiles in the past. Like my mother's uncle is a pedophile, a cousin of hers is a pedophile and it's wow, disheartening that wow. these men are still walking Within our family, right, right, and they they molested other children in our family, and they're still walking about.
0: So, did your grandma? Did she have it out with the other other children and the, their families regarding her son too?
2: Um, her son did molest several children in our family.
0: Okay, so but how did the also other family? Molested, so, how did the other family they, members interact with your grandma? Uh,
2: I. I don't want to give away their stories because, you know, that's their story. But I know that one of the victims, their mother kind of stopped her from going to court and testifying. She was underage, so she couldn't do anything about it. She was later added on to the case um, when I opened up the case again. Okay. But yeah, she she prevented her from from testifying. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because uprooting the family is a big fat no-no in the Hispanic community. Okay,
0: so if you so you're saying that uprooting the family in in that culture is a no-no. Mm-hmm. Even if yes, they it's commit, even if they commit a crime against an innocent child, that still they're, they're mm-hmm. still. That don't violate the rules.
2: It does bother me. I think there is a lack of of um, knowledge in the Hispanic community in regards to sexual abuse. Um, there's a lack of sexual education, first of all, and there's a lack of like psychology, like any type of like psychological education. They don't know about things like that. Things like that aren't talked about. And I think because sex is just such an uncomfortable subject, it's so it's so taboo, and I blame yeah. it on the Catholic Church. It sounds really weird, but I do I blame it on the Catholic Church well, because they're so weird about sex
0: okay well, let me, it's like let me something
2: you can't talk about
0: okay, well, let me ask you something. How many children do your grandmother have?
2: She has three children,
0: three children, okay. I don't think she had a problem mm-hmm. with uh talking about or dealing with sex i'm just being honest here um and and that's just that's just why i, I don't understand why that would be you know something to be real quiet about now it's obvious you, you know when a man and woman are together they're together mm-hmm. but there yes. is no there is no together when a grown man touches a child so that shouldn't right. be that conversation should be covered in. You shouldn't be touched like this. If you feel uncomfortable, you should do this, and we will address it. Um, mm-hmm. But what I was saying earlier was, if this they having a problem with uprooting the family, what about protecting the the small children of the family? Ain't that important?
2: Right. And sadly, I didn't realize that until I went to therapy. I didn't realize how horrible that was until I went to therapy. Mm. Therapy opened up my eyes. I was like, wait a minute. I was the victim in this situation. I was an innocent child right, in this situation. Right. And they didn't protect me. I suddenly became disposable to them. Right. They decided to protect this grown pedophile man over me. Wow.
0: So,
1: yeah. And you- you're, ma- and it's like you're, you're made and I mean, you're basically made to feel like that. Yes. And it is that.
2: And you're made to feel, feel you're, like you're, You are
1: made to feel like that. And then as you grow up, you, you realize that and you just think like, oh, and you're, you basically do just grow up feeling like I don't matter. I'm not validated. Mm-hmm. I'm just a mm-hmm. kid who was just a kid I grew up in this house I'm here and I don't matter yes and then you're that you is exactly to, right
0: that is so and sad. You end
1: up growing up with issues and you have to kind of find your way in this world and you don't know who you are and you have and it, and it sucks because I grew up the same exact way of not knowing who I was and I had to find myself and I had self-esteem issues and I mean it's awful Yes. It's, it's, it's very awful. that, And so it took me a very, very, very long time to find myself. I know who I was and know my self-worth and it causes you more issues than you're ready for.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah,
2: that's why I oh. ended up in therapy because I had those oh, feelings yeah. so strongly in me, especially the self-esteem and the worthiness. I mean, that was very low. Oh, yeah. And therapy helped me see, like, no, you matter. You're important. Mm -hmm. You were a victim of a horrible situation. Wake up, Cynthia. Right. This isn't okay. Don't allow people to treat you this way. Right. And that's why I opened up the case again. And when my mom kind of was, like, hesitant, when she said, hey, you already got your justice, that propelled me to open it up even faster like i think like the next week i was already calling the ventura county police department and i'm like hey you remember this case from 20 years ago good for you here he is here's his his employment his cell phone number his address because everybody in the family had already put their walls down they were like oh no cynthia's not a threat it's fine it's been years nothing's gonna happen yeah. A month later, they extradited him and brought him to California. Wow. June Great. of 2018, yeah. I believe it was. Okay. I think it was 2018. Yes. June of 2018, they arrested him. And January of 2020, I finally got to say my victim impact statement, and they sentenced him for 25 years in prison.
0: Amen, that is yes. amazing. Yeah. Yes.
2: So yeah, what right?
0: so she, what did so what did Nana have to say about that?
2: Oh, she was really upset. She was very very upset. We don't talk. Okay. So I had I had to I cut ties with my family basically.
0: When you say family and like like who? Like who?
2: My my grandma, step grandfather, uh my aunt some of my cousins,
0: okay, okay, <laughs>
2: even some of my cousins, I mean, the only people I talk to from my mother's side of the family is one of my cousins, no, two of my cousins and, um, my, 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 my mother. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's not, it's, I had to cut ties with several people.
0: Well good to you.
2: And I was I thought I was gonna have to fight this battle on my own, but the rest of the survivors joined in. So we had several women say their victim impact statements and it was like the most empowering thing I have ever witnessed. It was beautiful in a weird sense. (laughs) Yeah. But it was almost like a it was like a screw you to my family. Like you thought you could take away our justice and you thought you could you could protect him no you know these little girls that are sexually abused as helpless you know children they don't have voices right it's really hard to voice when you're that little yeah. but we grow up we grow up and now it's like you we're unstoppable Yeah. so
0: yeah yeah okay I love great. it yeah
1: yeah yeah that was That was exactly why I did my live video the other day. I don't know if you watched it, but it was something that made me very angry the other day. I did a live video more of speaking on, you know, people aren't, don't talk about, you know, sexual assault, sexual abuse, especially Hispanic families. And Mm -hmm. I felt like, it's like, why can't it be everyday conversation? Like, why not? and a lot of people talk about it like they feel like it's taboo they feel like you can't just sit there and talk to your kids about it and it should be something that should be talked about it and and i had been so like i needed to talk about it and get it out and that was the whole reason for doing it and so you know i Mm -hmm. hope that people watched it and talked about it because it's something that i felt like needed to be addressed and so i hope that a lot of people got to be able to watch it and talk about it because I feel like why can't it just be like you're sitting there talking about the weather or whatever it is so. mm-hmm. that I mean, was it's one of the reasons why I felt like it needed to be addressed because why not
2: yes absolutely you know, So it's unfortunate that we have to have these conversations but it's really important to talk to children about you know their private areas and that adults shouldn't touch them <laughs> or do anything appropriate to them like it's, we have to teach kids that it's important, and I feel like the Hispanic community doesn't even talk about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. So let me ask you, Cynthia, what's next for you?
2: What's next for me? Well, you know, I thought about writing a book. <laughs> I'm still thinking about it.
0: Hey, you should. Camille, um, Camille wrote
2: one. Really? Wow, that's I amazing. Did. You're gonna have to give me some Thank pointers you. because
1: it's hard. <laughs> Yeah, it, it definitely was one of the hardest things that I had to do. But afterwards, I was like, hell, yes, I can do this. I'm so glad that I did it. And I'm it should be out in less than six weeks. And I'm excited to let people finally, like hear my story. And I know it's probably going to piss off tons of people in my family, but I don't even care anymore. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's yeah my it's my voice it's my story and you know it's like i'm just ready for them to finally hear it in my own words so yeah i'm excited
2: wow i admire your bravery that's amazing oh yeah yeah she's definitely
0: brave i can say that camille is (laughs) amazing yeah thank you well you know um cynthia I, mm-hmm. I just wanna say for me personally, I'm sorry that you went through first, I'm sorry that you went through the abuse. No four or five Thank year you. old child should have to put up with that or go through that. That is just horrible because you're all alone and you know it's not right. You don't know a whole lot mm-hmm. anyway and you're I've heard so many women say how scared and terrified they are when it happened. So I'm just say it happened and I can't even remember. You know, it was just that painful. So then you had to deal with the pain with your own family who was supposed to love and protect you to say, you know what? We are sorry that happened. Let me go in the kitchen and get a meat cleaver and try to beat his head in. And I'm not trying to, you know, provoke violence. (laughs) But when it comes to your children, when, when when, when my child hurts, or you hurt my daughter or my sons or or grandchildren, I want to do something to you because that's the Mm -hmm. love that I have for them. So I I guess I was just expecting more from your mother, them and your grandma. Not that I'm trying to sit here and put them down, but I just expected more. And women react differently than men. I get it. But Mm -hmm. I'm just really, truly sorry, Cynthia, that you went through that. And I am so ecstatic That he got 25 years in prison. I am just really excited. Yes. I was not expecting
2: that.
0: Justice have been served.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, if you're going to write a book, I think it's a good Mm -hmm. idea because with Camille, me and Camille was having a conversation one night and she was just talking about it. I think with Camille... I think it's like her diary and she just sharing it with the world. If that makes sense. Yeah.
2: That makes big sense.
0: Okay. Yeah. So
2: That's a good idea.
0: Maybe you should do the same thing and and you know, Camille can yeah. help you out with a whole lot and you know, you know, help you out with that. I know she knows cuz this girl been yeah. that's all she's been working on is that book, that book and having meetings and everything she could help you <laughs> she can definitely help you
2: yeah because yeah, i really yeah. do want to get my story out there i feel like it it's it's a, it's a little unique and um, i really want to encourage others to speak out even if it's been years because i felt oh, yeah. like, you know it's been 20 years Like, what's the point of saying anything? But apparently, there is a point, (laughs) you know? You can still say something. You can still make a case out of it. And, um, yeah, I just really want to encourage the people within my Hispanic community not to be afraid. And to just break that cycle. Because I'm trying to break that cycle. I want, from now on, our family to be very healthy. To be mentally stable and sane, you know? So, yeah, I agree. It's time to break out yeah. mold.
0: Well, you're working. You're going to be working yeah. with us on a big project that uh, Camille's going to make an announcement here in a second about. So, yeah, you're going to oh. be able to be a part of that impact. Thank you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thank what, you for, one of my, well, for me. well, yeah, well, one of my I was talking. I talked to Ed about, and one of my dreams has been I've always loved to write, and so one of my dreams has been that I. Um, you know, my, my story is part of, um, it's a series. So my first part is out. And so I'm writing a three part series. So the first part's out, I'm writing my second part now. Um, it's a, so it'll be a three part series. And so the first part will be out in less than six weeks. So I'm writing my second follow-up part and then I'll write my third one. But one of my dreams that I want to be able to
2: do is
1: write, want to be able to provide a series, the- um, provide a service to people where I help them write their story.
2: Okay. Or like them. a ghost writer. Yeah. Yes,
1: like a ghost writer. That's, that's something that I've always wanted to do. I loved to write since I was a little girl. My I didn't have a lot of dreams growing up just because I always felt like I was never good at anything, just how I was raised and all the trauma that I went through. But writing kind of took me away from all of that it kind of took me into another world I guess and so I've always wanted to you know do that as writing so then I decided that I wanted to be a ghostwriter and help people write their stories and get it out there for them so that is something that I eventually want to do so you know if you ever oh, you do decide you and I that need you to get together to, yes <laughs> so if you do want to eventually do that you know yes, we can do that and you know work together yes. and do that yes yeah, so you know There's that. (laughs) But yeah, you know, that is something that is, you know, a dream of mine and just is just to write and, you know, just be, you know, with this whole once we started talking about the Hispanic community and kind of getting this out there and really digging into Hispanic community and breaking that cycle and really, really fighting for um, Hispanic community and really just figuring out why this is such a big thing in the um, Hispanic community and why we need to break the cycle. We really want to dig in there and we really want to get in there and help have a voice for Hispanic community. Like this is something that has been really heavy weighing on me that we need to get in there. We need to just help as many Hispanic um, families as possible.
0: I agree. I agree. We
1: need to do that. We need to just, Mm -hmm. dig in there and figure out why, why this is Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I feel like it's the old school Hispanics that, you know, I think it's surprising. I think it's more of like, they don't want their family talked about. They don't, they, it's, they don't want that. But I mean, this is, it, it just has to stop. We have to stop that because, you know, I have a daughter, I have kids and I would be crushed if, something like this that my kids would be so afraid that they'd be hiding this for years and then I'd be like 60 years old and then they barely come and tell me mom this happened to me but I was afraid to come and tell you like I would be crushed if my kids Mm -hmm. thought they couldn't come and tell me that you know I would just be like and I couldn't do that so I think we really just need to create a project where we get into that and we just find these families and we really fight and work for that and just dig into that Mm -hmm. and we just break that cycle. I think that's something we yeah. that just really yeah. need to do. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, provide them with the proper tools to be able to, like, cope and talk oh,
0: about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely, I agree. Okay, well, Cynthia, we have ran out of time, and I just want to say thank you for being brave to come on here and thank tell you. our listeners about your horrible experience. Um, and Camille Ooh. talks, you know, she talks about, Oh, I just love Cynthia and, you know, da-da-da. Yeah. So, So, um, before we go, I would like to, um, Camille, you want to tell our listeners about the new group that we have now?
1: Yes, so... It's fairly new. We have a a group. It's called Helping Victims Become Survivors, and um, it's a trauma group with a lot of survivors that we have contacted. Um, that we've done their stories, and if anybody is interested in you know connecting with us, um, I encourage you to look this. It's um, you can search for it in the facebook bar and connect with us and you know you can join our group and you know just contact with us and we would um you know you can be in our group and share your story and um just we do you know we are a big family there you can join our family on there and just kind of just connect with us on there and you know just we have different things that are going on in there so you know just look us up there and we'd be more than happy to speak with you
0: all right all right great guys you heard that well also for those of you that don't know we have our facebook at uh crime pursuit podcast and go to it we interact with you and and we we work my whole team we we will interact with you so we got instagram at crime pursuit we have twitter as well also if you go to our facebook page you could try to find a way where you can win one of our cups that we have there. The isolate. What kind of cups are them called, Camille? They are
1: the um,
0: Yeti cups. Yeti cups. They cup. have Yeti cups.
1: Yeti yes.
0: Go. yes. so We have Crime Pursuit Yeti cups. Get on. Go to and Facebook. They are
1: pretty amazing. Yes they are. Are pretty yes, they are. Yes, they are. Cool. Yes. Um, So
0: they need to go to Facebook and see how they can win one and how they can purchase one. All right, guys, we got to get up out of here. And thank you for listening. Have a good night.